Welcome to the Peace Church Life Group Leaders Podcast. As a church, we've been called to help everyday people experience life change through Christ-centered relationships. And life groups play a crucial role in that mission. This podcast is a resource to help equip you as you seek to lead your life group well. I'm your host, Drew Hill, and I'm with Aaron Pierce, our multiplication pastor and leader of our life group ministry. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Peace Church Life Group Leaders Podcast. This is part two, um, the second part of our two-part series covering the 2020 election and politics. If you missed the first part, we had a great discussion, and I really embarrassed myself. So <laughs> he has been so worried about that ever since he asked or answered the question about who Matthew was. Aaron so. put me on the spot, and I completely flushed it down the toilet. So <laughs> if you want some good information about politics and a good laugh, go check out our first parter. It will probably also help you understand more where we're coming from as we enter into the second part of politics and the 2020 election. All right, so let's pick, right, pick up right where we left off. Um, we had talked about the second principle, how we should think about political things as Christian leaders and specifically as life group leaders, valuing unity over uniformity. Uh, so the third principle uh, that we want to come back and cover is that we've got to avoid zero-sum politics. Okay, so in the first one, you know, we talked about seeing through a biblical lens. We talked about unity over uniformity. But this third one starts dealing with how we interact with people. Um, zero-sum politics. What we mean by that is the conversations today in general, but with politics specifically, is like all or nothing kind of conversations, right? So for example, if you were to say, you know, I am pro-life, the opposite side might look at that and say, well, you hate women. Or if you were to say, man, like I, I think that we should, you know, fight against racism, one side might come back and say, you're a cultural Marxist, right? Like these are not true things, right? To be pro-life does not mean that you hate women, and certainly to fight against racism doesn't make you a cultural Marxist, yet for whatever reason, when we talk about these things, when we think on these things, our news stations even, they treat all of this as a zero-sum game. Like, if you don't hold uh, this exact position, then you're just this terrible thing on the other side. And that's a very horrible way to have dialogue. And so just some more examples of this to, to think through. You know, you might say, just, uh, just some um, examples of to, to correct yourself is just because somebody might want bigger government programs doesn't mean that they're a power-hungry dictator, right? They might just think that's the best way to help. We can agree to disagree on that, but that doesn't mean that's what they are. Or just because you are pro-life, like we said, doesn't mean you don't hate women. Just because you speak out against racism doesn't make you some liberal social justice warrior, right? Like, just think about how we label people in these things, and we're so quick to bury people in identity politics instead of thinking critically. And even another one that's very controversial right now, but the truth is you can love and support the police and be so glad for what they do and still want some reforms just to help them and other volatile situations, right? And so we, if we think, oh man, he's saying anything negative or anything that's uh, correctionary towards a particular position I have, we just zero sum it out and say, oh, you must hate the police or you must hate big government or you are a cultural Marxist or you hate women, right? Like all of these things are terrible for dialogue. And what ends up happening if you're not careful as a Christian and as a life group leader is you start labeling people like that in your own group. You start labeling people that way and all of a sudden it's impossible to have any conversation with you and it becomes a turnoff for people who don't think exactly like you. And it's just not helpful. And so as Christians, we should always feel some room, um, to some room, sorry, to some extent, we should feel politically homeless. What I mean by that is there's always going to be times when the dialogue gets heated and nasty, and guys, we've got to stand above the fray. 
And you might think, well, if I'm going to be supporting my party, I've got to be throwing out these hate labels towards people that don't agree with me. But guys, we're called to be different. We're called to stand above the fray and not do that. And, and not only is it possible to do that, it's actually good to have cordial disagreements with people who you disagree with, right? Like it's okay if people are in your life group, your friends, whoever, that you don't agree with everything and yet you don't have to hate each other or label each other. You just simply can have the conversations and move past it. You, you value the friendship above that. So avoid zero-sum politics. Number four, we've got to avoid echo chambers. So when we talk about echo chambers, that's a fancier way of you know, talking about I only hear one per- perspective or one point of view. So for example, the question is for you personally, do you only get one perspective when it comes to political issues? Right? Like are all the people you follow on social media, social media one position? The news stations are the same position. Your friends, they're all saying the same things. And so what that unfortunately does is rally you up to just affirm what you already believe. And nobody ever challenges you. Nobody ever brings a different perspective. And worst of all, it can make you very bitter and very uh, harsh towards people of a different political persuasion. And so here's some simple ways to avoid this. I mean, just change up where you get your news. Like I purposefully follow political commentators that I do not agree with. I will sometimes watch news stations I do not agree with just for the simple practice of learning to think through the other side's arguments and ideas and, more importantly, um, to challenge me because it makes me more well-rounded. I can see where people are coming from, and it tends to make me treat that less as an issue to disagree with and more as I understand where these people are coming from. I don't agree with it, but I at least can see where they're coming from. And another question of this is, do you even have any friends, people you can dialogue with that are of a different political persuasion? So, Drew, I'm going to throw this to you real quick because you and I have talked about this offline a little bit. Um, You and I both went to Southeastern Seminary, fantastic school, and they do a really good job, I think, of embracing diversity on a variety of opinions, not just politics, but in a lot of ways. How has... How did your time there, getting to talk with people of different backgrounds, cultures, and even political persuasions, kind of strengthen you and not weaken you, if that makes sense, right? Totally. Um, So I'm still pretty young, and so I'm still trying to navigate this world of politics and how to deal with it. Um, But my time at Southeastern definitely helped me um, just by, by being around people who thought differently than me and knowing, like, I still love that person, right? And that that was one pretty big aspect of it. Um, But another thing was, I think it gave me compassion, um, realizing that the people who maybe stand on a different side of an issue than me, whether it be political, maybe even sometimes um, spiritually, um, it gave me compassion. Even when I disagreed, it, it, it put a face to an idea instead of like, a group of people who I can like put down or whatever. And so um, it was really helpful for me to just to, to develop a compassion for people who are different than me um, in, in all kinds of different ways. And so my time there definitely helped me think in that way for sure. Yeah. And stepping out of your echo chamber to do that. And, and sometimes when we're not purposely in an echo chamber, it's just how we grow up. Hmm. But doing that is, man, it's so helpful. I've learned so much about myself, about who God is and other things by listening to people of different cultural backgrounds and spiritual backgrounds and political backgrounds, and it shaped me into what I believe is more holistic. And at the very least, you know, it didn't change a lot of my convictions politically. Most of them have fallen, you know, similar to what I was 10 years ago, but man, I have a whole lot more respect for people on the different sides of the aisle, and I can lock arms with them on the core issues, especially related to the gospel, and say, 
we can disagree on these other things, but man, stepping on my echo chamber gives me a chance to see the bigger picture of what's going on. The last principle of how we should think through these issues is that we've got to value our testimony over our political ideas. Hmm. This is so important, guys, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but man, like the way that we treat social media, the way that we treat other people can so easily default to, I'm just here to denounce all the bad things I disagree with or all the negativity. And honestly, sometimes we're denouncing just stupidity out in the world and that's, that is out there. But if all of our social media, if, only, if people only saw our Facebook post and all it is is a bunch of political rants about what we don't like and we do like, man, that doesn't really bode well for a world that's looking for hope. Because all that we're doing is adding to the noise that's already out there. They may see it on a different political spectrum, but we're not helping them by just adding to it from the other side. Instead, we've got to point people to truth. I've heard it said so many times before, I want to be known more for what I stand for and who I stand for, or like stand with as in Jesus, than what I stand against. Right? If I'm a Christian and all I do is talk about all the terrible things in the world and things I don't like, and I'm never talking about the hope and the reality and the beauty of Jesus, man, it's sending the wrong message. Because Christianity is not a, a whole idea of what we should be against. It's who Jesus says that we are and who we should be for. And so let me challenge you on this. Think through how do your political post, how do your, um, even the way you talk about it in public, how does that affect people on the other side that may not be believers, right? So just a really strict personal example, and I'm not at all advocating you do this. This is just my own personal a, a conviction that I don't want to do. I know, for example, in my neighborhood, I've got people who are on very different ends of this political spectrum than me. I know that because of their yard signs, right? For me personally, and I'm not saying you're wrong if you do this, I just don't feel comfortable putting out any of my political affiliations or my personal preference out in public like that, not because I think there's anything wrong with that, right? Like, that's not an issue. It's not an issue of right or wrong. It's just I don't want there to be a barrier for me to be able to reach them. Right? Like, if they don't like something that I agree with politically, I don't want that to be the first thing they know about it, about me. I want them to meet me and know me. And sure, we can have those conversations down the road. But what I want them to see first is just somebody, a neighbor who loves them, who wants to get to know them, and who lives a way that they realize, man, like there's something different about that guy. And whatever I can do, not even just politically, just in general, whatever I can do to break those barriers down, I want to do it so that my testimony is more important than whether or not they know who I'm voting for. And again, I am not at all saying you can't put a bumper sticker on or yard sign. In fact, I've got family members who work on the campaign trails for different senators. And so they have yard signs and stuff like, I love it. I think it's a good thing, okay? I'm not saying that at all. I'm just sharing a personal example. And so you have to decide prayerfully and, and consider what would God have you do in that way? You know, maybe it's just changing your tone on social media. Maybe it's just in the way you talk about people who don't agree with you, maybe just a slight tweak in that, right? Like all of us should, you know, come to different conclusions on how we practice this, but just realize like our testimony is so much more important than our political ideas. And again, please don't take what I'm saying as a command. I am just telling you an example of something I've strived to do. So we've just finished up five political or five principles for thinking politically let me wrap up this part, or let's wrap up this part talking about, okay, that's how we think as leaders. Those are things to challenge us and encourage us and hopefully make us think a little differently. But what do you do when these things come up? Like practically speaking, 
issues come up in your group, and so how do you deal with it? Drew, you and I were just talking about this, so you had this come up if you want to share an example of this. Yeah, for sure. So um, last week, you know, we talked about, or one of the questions we have was, what's something that, like, gets you angry, right, or makes it hard for you to love other people? And so, you know, one of the things that's coming up, because the election's coming up, is, like, politics. It makes me hard to love others. And so we had a good conversation involving that. But I knew that if... our group took that and ran with it, we would end up in a conversation that wasn't fueling a biblical community. And so after that person shared and he and he shared his heart, I reminded the group, thank you so much for sharing, but we are going to talk about this question that we just asked, right? What are some barriers that help you, um, th- that make it hard for you to love other people? And, and guess what? Um, maybe, maybe that may be one, but let's talk about other examples that will help us kind of stay away from that rabbit trail. And so I centered it back on the question, and that was kind of a tool that I used. Yeah, you're right. It's so easy to take these rabbit trails, especially politically. And let's be honest, when somebody shares something that you really agree with, it's easy to try to like run that down that road. But like you said, the, the focus on the conversation is, how do I grow in Christ? Or what does this passage say? Not like, Let's spend 20 minutes discussing politics, right? Right. And so that's a great example. And so just here's three quick principles or practices that you can do to deal with issues when it comes up in your group. And the first is when a political issue comes up in discussion time, use the guidelines to help keep the group focused, right? Remember things like the I statements and these other things. They avoid conversations like, well, I don't think, you know, Republicans and Democrats and all this other stuff. Instead, it really stays focused on how do I apply this scripture in my life, not how do I argue with that person who just shared something politically, right? And and like Drew, you just shared, it focuses us back in and say, hey, thanks for sharing, but let's talk about this passage, not 20 reasons why you should vote for this candidate or that candidate, right? Um, number two, practically when these issues come up in your group, um, specifically in your downtime, meaning when you're not in your group discussions, but you might be hanging out, might be before, it might be after your group meeting, um, help facilitate a balanced view. What I mean by this, let's just say this is really practical, okay? So I've been in situations in my living room, and by the way, I've had in my life group, I had a strong, and, and this was in 2016, I had somebody who was like waving the banner for Hillary Clinton and another guy who was like Trump all day, and they were both in my life group. And so one time in particular, like we're sitting around just eating, hanging out, and one of the guys, you know, he's just going on and on about something politically. And I knew like what he was saying was very one-sided, very much like in favor of his opinion. And so rather than let that go on or me chime in and try to argue, I just said, hey, like, man, thank you know, that's great, but we're really not here to talk about these issues. Like, let's just scale back and, and specifically... I've even said there are other people in this room that don't agree with all the views that you hold, and so let's just talk more about something else. And so I diverted the conversation, right? I wanted to be mindful of the person who was on the other end of the spectrum in our living room because I don't want them to feel left out and all of a sudden they don't want to be a part of my group because I allowed somebody to dictate that conversation, right? And so that's another practice. And the third and last practice when these issues come up, be mindful of those in your group that think differently than you or even a than the, the, the majority of your group. So for example, hopefully as you reach out and you minister to people, you will have people come into your group that are think very differently than you. And maybe even some issues like they're just flat out wrong, like even on some of the non-negotiables. But guys, like that's the opportunity to do ministry. Don't make politics the dividing line to get into your group and make them feel welcome. Rather, 
Let the gospel be the dividing line. Let that be the thing that you invite in. And so be mindful of that. And so as you talk, your, even your, bodily, your body language, your facial responses to when people bring up comments or make you know, political statements, be mindful how that impacts the people in your group that might be the minority opinion or um, that might just be thinking differently than you. Um, I will say, having people on very polar opposite ends of the spectrum in 2016 in my life group was not a, it, it was definitely a challenge, but man, I, I actually benefited from it. I got to hear them talk through some things, and we, at times, they came to mutual understandings and respectful conversations outside of group that I think was really beneficial to realize we can have dialogue on these things and not tear each other apart because we're both following Jesus. And so, just think through those things and be mindful and, and just deal with this um, issue. And I want to just leave it here. In all of this, always be prayerful, always be examining yourself because this is such a hot topic and this is such a nasty time. But I've heard this said from other pastors and I'll kind of leave it here and let Drew wrap us up. But man, we do not serve the donkey or the elephant. We serve the lamb. And so let that be your focus. Let that be your driving force. And in all your conversations, in in group, out of group, social media, may Jesus be the thing that sh- the one that shines through. Not all this other stuff. Raise yourself above the noise of our day, and just live your life on mission as an ambassador for Christ. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this two part series. We talked about 2020 election and politics. Hopefully, you guys got some helpful tips. Um, make sure that you guys subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Music, all the good stuff. And then until next time, y'all have a good day. <laughs>